afternoon, Coastal family. How are you guys doing? You well? Well, we're, we're certainly glad to be here with you guys, and it's just an honor to get to hang out with you and your pastors, and the weather is amazing as well. Uh, so, like he said, much different than the last time. He said, did you have a good night? I'm like, yeah, I had a great night. I didn't have to get in the fetal position once, uh, you know, because last time I'm like, oh gosh, everything's blowing away. Uh, so, but uh, no, it's good to be here with uh, you guys. Good weather. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit of God that's in this church, and man, your worship team, and just your, your passion for worship. You can feel it in the room, and that makes a difference. God meets hungry hearts. You know, anybody else, you know, we don't go by feelings, but could anybody else kind of feel the, the Spirit of God during, especially that last song, just, just the Spirit of God there. Anytime you feel the Spirit of God or the power of God, you have to find out what it's there for. It's always there for something. It's never there just for feeling. Anytime it's there, you have to find out what it's there for. Like uh, an example of this would be in Jesus' ministry, the Spirit of God came in and the power was present to heal. And there was healing power there. And that's the story where they let down the guy, you know, through the roof. They tear the roof off, literally tore the roof off uh, and lowered the guy down and um, set him down in the midst because the power of the Lord was present there to heal. And sometimes uh, the power of the Lord is there to heal. Sometimes the power of the Lord is there to uh, speak. Sometimes the power of the Lord is there to consecrate. And I honestly sense today while we were worshiping that the reason why the, the, the Spirit of the Lord showed up, especially in, in that midst, is for us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. For us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Oftentimes we won't break through, we won't fire to fall, we won't like all of these amazing things to kind of do in our life, or we're praying God for like big prayers, but it's uh, God's job to send the fire, it's our job to build the altar. We can't make the fire fall, but God can't build the altar. We have to build the altar, we have to offer the sacrifice, God makes the fire fall. And I feel like God wants to make some fire fall. I, I feel like God wants to pour out some miracles to kind of like do some amazing things in your life, to do some amazing things in your families, to do some amazing things in this church. Aren't you thankful for like this church? Wow, amazing. I, I feel like God wants to do some of those things, but before he can send that fire, I think in each one of our lives, we have to build an altar. We have to come to a place where we build the altar, we present the sacrifice, and when it's, it's done and when it's finished, God sends his fire. So I think today that's what this is all about, is us kind of listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, to You'll hear me make this phrase probably several times in the service, to pay attention to the tension. Any of you had, ever had any tension before? Just inward tension, to pay attention to the tension. Uh, because I do think God is guiding us over into a place where he is going to do some really neat things in our life. So would you be okay if I, I pray and just ask the Lord to speak to you while I am talking to you because I am not the world's best communicator. Uh, so every time when I get up, I just ask, Father, while I talk, if you could like speak, that would help me a lot. Uh, and so let's pray. Father, we come before you today. I thank you for these amazing people. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, our counselor, our teacher, our guide. And I thank you, Father, that while I may talk, that he speaks to the heart, cuts to the quick of each and every person in this place. 
including myself. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. When we were worshiping, I just, I had to, I saw you. It's so good to see you again. You look good. You look good. I, I sense there's more for you. There's just like, there may have been plateau, but there's more. There's something more, and the plateau is leading to something more. And I don't know quite what that is, but there is something that is more next level kind of of things, but, but uh, I, I think as you're, you're presenting that sacrifice and um, kind of making some decisions to kind of move in that direction of just laying it all before God, that there's some fire that's going to fall and to kind of take you into some places that are, are more and greater than, than anything you may have seen up to this point, but God's hand is on you for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, any of you dog people? Any of you dog, a couple of dog people? Any of you cat people? They're altar calls for all the cat people. <laughs> I'm allergic, so I can say that. Uh, but uh, I'm a dog person. And if we have that picture of the dog, I don't know if they, they sent it to you guys. You, you don't have to put it up yet, but I will ask for it here in a minute. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. Well, they, we, we, our family, were dog people. And so we went through dogs like people go through diapers with newborns. Like, we would constantly have a new dog. And finally, my father came to us, and he's like, no more dogs. Like, no more. We have too many. We've gone through too many. No more dogs. And my, my mother has the gift of compassion. Any of you have people in your life that have that gift of compassion? Like, they just can't say no to any need. Like, there's a need, they're in. Just show them the need, they're there. Uh, and my mom has that gift. So she gets a phone call one day from a church member, and she's like, you need to come get this, this dog. Like, this dog needs a home. Like, it's been abused. It's been mistreated. It needs a home. So I never will forget this day. We get in the car, and we drive over to a mall. And we're, we're there at this mall, and this car pulls up beside us, and I see this lady get out with the most, just the ugliest dog you've ever seen in your life. Like, this dog, I've never seen anything quite so ugly. In fact, I think we have a picture, and if you didn't already see it, they'll put the picture up on the, the screen. Uh, so, that's not, I'm kidding, that's not actually the dog. It's not, it wasn't that bad, uh, but it was close, it was close. It had an, an underbite and like all of these things, like, woo, ugly dog. It's like my mom is looking at it and she's, she just, she can't say no. So my mom takes the dog and my father has already made just like all of us promise, no more dogs, no more animals in the house, none whatsoever, just stop. Uh, and she sees this dog and she's like, who else is going to take it? Where else could it go? And she makes the decision to take and, and bring the dog home. So the dog gets in the back seat with me, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to touch it. I don't know if it's safe to touch it. You know, but come here, little guy. And so we named him Andy. And we get home, and we take Andy, and I hear the garage door open, and we know my father's coming home. And so my, 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 my mom is like, go upstairs. Like, <laughs> any of you remember it? Like, moments like that as a kid, it's like, your parents go upstairs. Like, now, it's like, okay, I get it. I get it. You don't have to explain it to me. I know what's about to happen here. Uh, so I go upstairs, but, you know, I don't know if any of you ever did this as kids. I didn't go all the way up. I went up to the place where I knew they couldn't see me, uh, but I want to be, you know, kind of a fly on the wall with this conversation. 
And my father walks in, and I, I hear my mother kind of telling him the, the backstory, and he says, no, you didn't. And she's like, yes, and she pulls out the dog, and he's like, oh, my gosh, because not only is it like a dog, it's a free dog, and free dogs are always ugly. Like, there's a reason why they're free. If, if they weren't free, you could sell them for, like, hundreds, right? Because uh, that's how beautiful dogs work. They, they get sold. Uh, but, but free dogs, you know, unless you have a connection, uh, are typically, you know, not the prettiest dogs. Uh, and so typically, uh, you know, your dog is beautiful, but typically. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, my father's looking at it, and we can't, but, but we know, like, we're the perfect household for it because we have compassion and we'll feed it and all these other types of things. So this is a true story. There's a neighborhood meeting, and they pull the whole neighborhood together, and they're like, look, people are stealing dogs. Like, you need to protect your dog because people are stealing them. Uh, and, you know, it's a nicer neighborhood, so people had nice dogs, like dogs that you could sell, you know, or breed or things like that and make money off of them. So they're like, dogs have been taken. You need to protect your dogs. So they're like, okay. So, you know, we put a lock on the, the, door, the, the gate and all those types of things so that when we let the dog out, it'd be safe and, you know, it wouldn't get stolen because we had other dogs as well. Uh, and on a Wednesday night, we had left Andy outside and uh, we come home from church, it was late, you know, one of those, <laughs> one of those Wednesdays, and we get home, and it's late, and we pull up, and the, the headlights of the car flash on the fence, and we see that the lock has been broken off, like the lock is broken off, and the gate has been kicked in. Like, oh my word, what is going on? And we go back there, and Andy is gone. They took Andy. Now it was dark, like pitch black outside. And we know that, you know, it's like a break-in because the lock has been broken, the gate has been kicked in. We know someone has gotten Andy. Like, oh my gosh, they took Andy. And it turned over into, <laughs> oh my gosh, they took Andy. Like, they clearly, they could not see. Like, clearly, clearly they could not see because they, they took Andy. Like, out of all the dogs they could have taken, they took Andy. Uh, and so we're kind of laughing about it. But at the same time, it's like, that's our dog. You know, it's not beautiful, but it's mine. Um, you know, maybe you have a car like that. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, so uh, we're there and we're, we're, we're covering as a family and, you know, we're like, do we contact the police or, you know, what's the, the next step in this? And so we're sitting there, a day goes by, 24 hours later, we're in the exact same spot, it's real dark outside, we're getting ready to go to bed, and we hear something scratching at the door. This is a true story. We feel something scratching at the door, and we're like, what is that? Like, all the dogs are inside, and we hear something scratch. We open up the door, there's Andy. They brought him back, guys. <laughs> they brought him back. Like, they felt so bad. They knew when they got him in the car, turned on the light, like, what do we get? Oh, no, what do we do with that? Like, we can't sell that. We can't breed that. Like, so they, they, brought, him, they brought him back. They didn't see the beauty of Andy. They didn't see the purpose for Andy. So it's like, ah, we don't need that. There is, seems to me, and so I am so thankful for churches like this, in our church world today, a growing awareness of the beauty of God the Father. And it is amazing that God is not like a judge ready to judge you or a harsh critic ready to criticize you, that God is a father 
ready to love you, that he is the, the father, that when you are at your worst, he is at his best. And no matter how deep your sin or shame may be, that you can take one step towards him and he comes running. It's amazing. There is the beauty of Jesus being displayed openly, I think, more now than ever before of people like magnifying Jesus as Lord and Savior. There's no other name under heaven whereby men and women may be saved. And there is this desire for him. But it seems to me, and it could just be me, but it seems to me that the third member of the Trinity, because God is the blessed three in one, the Holy Spirit, that a lot of people don't understand him and because they may have seen a misinterpretation of him, have thought that he is not to be desired. And so we're building lives and churches and Christianity with him kind of left out of it as almost a part. Robert Morris, he pastors Gateway Church, wrote a book called The God I Never Knew. He's a Christian his whole life but never knew about the Holy Spirit. And I think there are a lot of Christians who are that way, like, okay, like the Holy Spirit, if you go to one of those churches, you either wear too much makeup or no makeup at all. Like, it's like there is no in between. Like, what is that? And for me, I really feel impressed uh, for this service and for this series to talk about the beauty and the splendor of the Holy Spirit to an extent that it makes you hungry for him and hungry for his guidance. If you brought your Bible, let's look over at the book of John. John, and we'll look at John chapter 16. John 16. He says this in verse number 7. Jesus did. He says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he has come, notice, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, before I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world is judged. I have many things yet to, notice, say unto you. But you cannot, notice the word, hear them. Howbeit when he, is not an it, he's a he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Why don't you say that? Say, he will guide me. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak, so he can speak to, and you can hear him, of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he also speak, and he will show you things to come. Notice um, in verse number 8, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. And notice verse 13, howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit has two main job functions. These are the two primary things, not the only things. Some of you have a job where it's like, I'm, I'm responsible for these two things, but then there's other things that pop up. If you work for a church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, like, it's like, that's not in my job description, but I'll do it anyway. So the Holy Spirit has two main job descriptions. The first thing is to make the world want Jesus. Jesus takes people 
to the Father. That's his ministry, is to show you the Father. When you see Jesus, uh, you see the Father. His ministry is to be the mediator between us and God, so he takes us to the Father. The Holy Spirit takes the world to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who guides people to Jesus. And the, the church at Corinth they were using the Holy Spirit to bless themselves, and he writes to them, First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, for those of you who go to uh, or, or have read First Corinthians, you know what I'm talking about. And First Corinthians 14, he writes them and says, the Holy Spirit is not basically just for you to have like a good service. He says, you're not thinking about the unbeliever or the unlearned. And he said, the Holy Spirit, that's all he's thinking about, because his first job is to show the world that they need Jesus. Like, this is his primary ministry, is to open up people's lives to show them the need for Jesus. So he says this, that whenever the Holy Spirit manifests in a church, it will always lead to an unbeliever falling down on their knees and reporting that God is in you in truth. Meaning, I want that. Like when I see the Holy Spirit, it's like, I want that. I was told them this. Well, I'll use a, a different example uh, for those of you who came to first service. Um, a couple of months ago, I was walking in our church, and I saw some food laying out on the counter and I knew okay we probably need to move this because service was upcoming on Sunday and anyway I thought well I'll clean up so I go over to take this food and as soon as I grab the food just in my heart immediately comes to mind a family and I know in my heart I'm supposed to buy them groceries I don't know how I know I just know this is how the Holy Spirit works it's a knowing he will guide you not not you don't even have to try he will guide you, Jesus said. He will, Jesus is not a liar. He will guide you. Now, you get to pick whether or not you listen to him, but he will guide you. Well, somebody says, well, what does that look like? Tension. I was telling him in first service, you remember in the, 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 the book of 1 John, he says, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. That word unction, it means rubbing. It means a smearing, an unction. Uh, so it's a knowing. It's, it's not like I, and sometimes it can happen this way, but it's not like I heard five voices or an angel appeared to me or I was walking and I heard this audible voice of like buy groceries. It's just a knowing on the inside, I need to buy them groceries. Now this happens a lot, I would say. Uh, for people who are spiritually in tune, but even if you're not spiritually in tune, this happens a lot, you just didn't know it was God. It's like some of you were dating people when you were 15, and it's like on the inside, it's like, ah, I don't need to be dating them. And you just knew. No one had to tell you. It was just knowing. Or you walked in a place, and it's like, ah, I think I need to get out of here. Maybe it was spring break, like 2014. It's always spring break. Um, you know, and it's just a knowing of like, ah, like I don't need to. That's God. He's trying to guide you. He's trying to lead you. You have to pay attention to the tension. And I'm there and I've got some tension and the tension is I need to buy this family groceries. And so I, I get on my phone and I call up the, the guy because sometimes we want to like trust but verify. Uh, and so I call up the, the guy that is the, the head of the family, the father, the husband, and I call him up and I'm like, hey, like, 
I'm at church today. I was walking. I just felt like I'm supposed to buy you groceries. And he was kind of silent on the other end. And honestly, I'm expecting like, you know, like a big emotional moment. Uh, and uh, those types of things. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, okay. So I'll meet you at the grocery store tonight at like 5 o'clock. And I said, just get there at 5 and I'll walk out with a grocery cart of groceries. It's like, okay. So I go to the grocery store, and the whole time I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm trying to do something, and here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pause, trying to pause. Somebody says, how do you, how do you get led by the Holy Spirit? It's pauses and prayers, pauses and prayers, pauses and prayers. In the Old Testament, there was this woman, don't let me forget where I was, uh, in the, the, it's your responsibility, I'm kidding. Uh, so, so in the Old Testament, there's this woman, the Bible calls her a great woman, and she sees that there's this guy who's walking in front of her house, and she knows he's a prophet. And she sees the, the grace that's on his life. He's a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. And she tells her husband, she's like, we need to invite him in. Like, we don't need not to just have him pass by. We need to invite him in. I, I think that there's some things we're supposed to do for him, and we need to invite him in. So... She invites him into the house. He comes over into the house, uh, and while he's there, they begin to stop, and she realizes as they're talking, we need to do more than invite him in. We need to make a little room for him. So her and her husband make the investment and make the time of like, I'm going to make a little room for this prophet, make a little room for him, and they, they build this room out, and they tell him, look, the next time you're, you're coming, you don't just stop in. We want you to stay. You can stay as long as you want. You can come in as often as you can or often as you desire. Just know we have a room for you. So they build this little room, and sure enough, he would stop, and he would come in, and he would eat with them and dine with them, but he would also stay with them. He would indwell their home and, like, be there. And one day he comes out of the room, and he's like, you've done all this for me. I want to do something for you. What do you need? And she says, I don't have anything I need. Like, she was a great woman. Her life was blessed. Her home was blessed. All of these things were blessed, and it was good. And her servant finally speaks up and says, there's one thing that she wants that she has not been able to have. And he says, well, what is it? He says, she wants a son. She wants a child. She's never been able to have one. He looks at her and says, this time next year you'll have one. And sure enough, she does. This is a great story. All of this happened because she built a little room for the prophet. Now, here's what I take from this. There are things that God wants to do in our houses. There are things that God wants to do in our lives. There are things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our families, in our, in our churches, but in order for those things to happen, we have to understand he's passing by all the time. Like the Holy Spirit, his job is to guide me. His job is to instruct me. His job is to help me. He is another comforter. That word is, is helper, advocate, paraclete. That's who he is. He will guide me. He's passing by, but I've got to invite him in. And in inviting him in, that's when he begins to sup with me. That's when he begins to talk with me. That's when he begins to fellowship with me. And my goal for you today is to not just get you to, like, invite him in every once in a while, but for you to make a decision like that woman that says, I'm going to build a little room for him. And it doesn't mean he'll always walk in, but it does mean when he does want to walk in, you have space for him to walk in, that we have space for him in our services, we have space for him in our lives, that we have created space for him. So this is how God works, is with the, the little room, the pauses. 
So I'm there, and I just have this little pause. Like, when I get this, like, there's tension. I'm supposed to buy groceries. It's just the pause. Okay, God, what am I supposed to do here? Well, pick up the phone and tell them you want to buy them groceries. So the whole time I'm walking through the store, I'm just pausing before each thing. I'm just pausing. I'm being, and I'm getting things like orange Tic Tacs and, like, medicines and, like, you know, all these types of, like, different types of, that I wouldn't even buy for myself, because most of the time when we buy gifts for others, we buy the stuff that we like. Uh, but, but anyway, like, I'm, I'm just trying to wait, pause, pauses and just pull back, and I'm picking up different items, I go up to the checkout stand, and I'm, I'm there, and, you know, ring up, and I walk out, and I see the guy in the, the, the parking lot. So I go up to him, and I'm like, hey, just want to bless you guys. So thankful, you know, to be able to do it. And he's like, oh, thank you so much, Pastor. And we're taking the bags and putting them in the car. And it wasn't like what I thought it would be. Anyway, about an hour later, my phone dings, and I pick it up. And he texts me this. He said, this morning I woke up. And he's uh, a father of, of, of one son. He's married. He said, I woke up, and the only thing in my house was a banana. The only thing in my house was a banana. And he said, I, I looked at that banana, and I told God how many bananas fall in the jungle that the monkeys can't eat them all. And I know if you provide for those monkeys, you will provide for this family. And he said, as soon as I pray that prayer, my phone dinged. I looked down, and it was your text saying you went to buy me groceries. He said that only the Holy Spirit could know that my, favorite, my son's favorite candy were orange Tic Tacs. Only the Holy Spirit could know that my wife was out of that medicine. That's why he matters. The Holy Spirit marks you. A teacher can teach you. A preacher can preach to you. A song can entertain you. The Holy Spirit marks you. It gives you landstone moments where you tasted and you saw that God was good. In the Old Testament, the world had drifted from God, and it was not because there was a lack of synagogues or preachers or rules or messages. And Jesus solves this by sending, or God solves this by sending Jesus, who was God-made flesh. You could feel him, you could sense him, you could experience his love, you could eat with him, you could sup with him, you could hear him speak, you could listen to him. It was God-made flesh. You could touch him, you could see love in his eyes, you could see passion, you could see direction, you could feel all of those things. And Jesus scares his disciples by telling them, I'm not going to be here forever, but I'm going to send you another comforter. His name is the Holy Spirit. 
And it is the Holy Spirit who makes God flesh. You can't deny in that moment that God is there and he loves you when you're looking at a banana and it's the only thing you have in your house to eat and you pray a prayer and ask God to meet it and all, meet, meet your needs and all of a sudden your phone dings telling you, I want to buy you groceries today. You cannot deny that. My, my, the thing that started me on this journey was my father years ago. I was 16 years old. I was at Perkins. Any of you remember Perkins? Oh, Perkins. Pies at Perkins. Was there at Perkins? I was sitting next to my father, and I look at him. He takes out this, the, the check comes, and the waitress is there, and he fills out the tip for $367.14. $367.14. And I'm looking at that, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I know I shouldn't look, but I'm going to look anyway. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. But not only is it a lot of money, it's a specific amount of money. The waitress comes and gets it. A minute later, she walks back to the table, and she's got tears just coming down her cheeks. Tears. We didn't know it, but she told us, I'm a, a, a Bible school student. She went to the same Bible school my father graduated from, oddly enough. She said, I'm, I'm enrolled in that Bible school. And she said, today I made a decision. I was going back home to Wisconsin because I couldn't pay my apartment note. My apartment note that I couldn't pay was $367.14. The Holy Spirit makes God flesh. And you know what it does? It makes you want God, and it makes you want Jesus. It brings you over into a place where it's more than just a song, but the song is hitting you, and you don't even know why, but you're crying. Like, and it's like, what is this? It's supposed to be just a song, but it's the Holy Spirit ministering to you through that song. It makes a message more than just a message because you're not just taking notes, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is guiding you. During a service on Wednesday, I'll close with this. Well, when I say I'll close with this, I mean like we will close in like 10 minutes. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I was preaching one night on a, a Wednesday and um, I had some tension come up in my heart. And I knew that there was this guy, he was sitting like on the second row where this Love is Red guy is, is sitting about right there. And um, I saw him sitting there, and the Lord just dealt with me when I took that pause. That's where he's found, he's in the pauses. If you don't build the little room, he'll walk right by. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. But if you want to sup with me, you have to open up the door. And I had some tension. And I knew I need to say something like I knew I need to. So I stood in front of him and I said, God's been trying to get your attention, but you haven't been listening. God's been trying to get your attention, but you haven't been listening. And he's been asking you to come to him. But instead of coming to him, you've allowed the hurt of the past to make you run to everything else but him. You've run to alcohol, you've run to drugs, you've run to wrong people, and God is asking you to come home. He's got a plan for you, and he's put up guardrails in your life, like guardrails on a highway. And you keep bumping against those guardrails, and it hurts, and you're wondering why. Like, why does it hurt? Why is life hurting so much right now? And I said, because what is happening on the outside is just a type and shadow of what has been going on on the inside, and God is trying to tell you to stop and give your life to him. 
And you just keep bumping against these sides, and it hurts. And it's not just hurting you, it's hurting everyone that loves you because a companion of fools will be destroyed. Do you know that's why it matters that you listen to God? Because it's not just about me. All of our lives are interconnected. This is how a Holy Spirit relationship is how my, pastor, my, my relationship with your pastor formed. I, I had heard about him through Charlie Daniel. Some of you know Charlie. And he had told me about the church that was out here and where he grew up. I was praying one day, and as I was praying, the Lord spoke to my heart, prayers and pauses, prayers and pauses. Pay attention to the tension in the prayers and the pauses. It's a gift. You can't make it happen. You just got to receive it. You can't, I wish it would happen more. A lot of times when I'm having a conversation with people, I just look them in the eye and sit there. What am I doing? I'm pausing. I'm pa What's the Holy Spirit wanting to say? What's the Holy Spirit wanting? Prayers and pauses. So I, I'm sitting there praying one day, and in my heart I have some tension to send this church $20,000. I never met your pastor before. I didn't know him. I didn't know this church. All I, all I knew was Charlie Daniels told me about the church. I, didn't even, I couldn't even remember your pastor's names. I'm terrible with names. Send him $20,000. What I didn't know, so I got his info from, from Charlie. What I didn't know was that, what, a couple of weeks before that, you were in a week of increase meeting and told God, this, we need $20,000. We can live this way. We can live, this can be the norm, not the exception. Amen. And so I'm standing before this guy, and I have these pauses, and I'm telling him this, and I'm telling him this, and I'm telling him this, and there's this tension. What I didn't know is, is because of what had happened with his father growing up, he had gotten into alcohol, he had gotten into not just doing drugs, but selling drugs, he had gotten into all these things. His mom drug him to church that night. It was her last kind of like, do whatever it takes to get him right. And God stopped a whole service to get to him. I am not the world's best communicator. Some of you have already figured that out. What I try to be is obedient. And I get invitations to go preach, and, but I, I'm not a traveling speaker. I don't do this. I don't travel out. But God led me here. I told your pastor uh, this week, I said, is it okay if I talk about the Holy Spirit? I said, I know some people, you know, don't want a traveling minister to come in and talk about these things. Is it okay if I talk about the Holy Spirit? He said, actually, you've been in a series on the Holy Spirit, and I told him, like, there's one more message or something. I'm like, oh, the Lord knows. And I think God did this and has had me come here. For some people in this room, like God's really been dealing with you to make some changes. And you've been bumping up against those guardrails. And he's asking you to like bring your life to the altar. To go all in for God and all in with Jesus. Because it's not just about you. It's for all those who love you. It's for the kids you'll have. It's for the kids who see you. And he's asking you, like, will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Attention. Pay attention to the tension. And this kid that night gave his life back to Jesus. And he's since become like this guy who inspires even my faith with his passion and zeal for God. 
Which brings me to the second thing. One night he was praying, and he got in his heart tension. And he had remembered an old baseball coach that he used to have, and this coach came up in his heart, and so he pulls out his phone, and he knows, like, I need to text him. It was like 4 o'clock in the morning. He's like, I can't text someone at 4 o'clock in the morning. What if I wake him up? But he's got this tension, like, text him now. Text him now. Just text him now. He's like, no, I don't want to text him now. I don't want to wake him up. He's like, I haven't talked to him in years. He's like, text him now. So he pulls out his phone, and he texts. He said, God's been trying to get your attention, but you haven't been listening. And you've been in your head too much trying to figure Christianity out. But God is letting you know he is real. He loves you. He sees you. And he's for you. And you had sin. It's like, <gasps> What he didn't know was on the other end, 100 miles away, this pitching coach who grew up in Boston, incredibly heady, trying to reason out God and like, well, what about this? And could Jonah really swallow a you know, and what about the ark? And how old is you know, the world? Is God really real? And like, oh, if it is, why doesn't these things make sense? And just heady. And he has a dream that night when he's sleeping. He has a dream, and in the dream, he sees Jesus. And Jesus tells him, I've been trying to get your attention. I want you to come home. I want you to come to the Father. And I want you to listen to Staten. That's the guy's name who sent him the text. As soon as he wakes up from the dream, his phone dings. And on the other end, it's Staten saying, God's been trying to get your attention. You've been way too heady. He just wants you to come home. And that night he gave his life to Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And maybe some of you, you say, it's like, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want this. Because you have had a misrepresentation of what things may be. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, when the Holy Spirit is in motion, he is not the God of confusion. He is the God of peace. As in all churches, where he is at. And when he has finished his work, it will lead to unbelievers hitting their knees and reporting that God is in you in truth. And so I want you guys to make a decision in your own heart that if God's been leading you to make an adjustment, to make that adjustment, but if God's been leading you to be a witness to somebody, if God's been leading you to step out, if God's been leading you to send a text, if God's been leading you to reach out, if God's been leading you to pray, to make that decision, at the end of these things is going to be some type of work where God is going to show himself strong in the life of someone else. And I want you to be sensitive, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these amazing people and the opportunity to just dwell around these things. We love you, Lord Jesus. If you've been here today and the Lord has been asking you to just make a move for him,
I just hear the Lord saying, now's the time, now's the, the decision to just step out and make that bold decision for him. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Joel, I need to make a fresh commitment for Christ. I need to come to him with humility to step back from the, the guardrails, to get on path, get on track. There's a decision maybe that God's been asking you to make, and today you say, I want to make that decision. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to make anyone look at you. This is just between you and God. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. But if that's you, and the Holy Spirit's just been dealing with your heart, today is the day to make that change. Would you just lift your hand all over this place? Just lift up those hands. See those hands. God bless you. Anybody else? See that hand. God bless you. Anybody else? See that hand back there. See that hand back there. See that hand over there. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anybody else? Would you just say this prayer with me? Just repeat it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father.